This is true buzz that Mary Jane. Now we ain't new to this. For my stones and for my cannabis enthusiasts. Never heard a show as good as this. Uh, number one, it's the best. Bringing in many special guests in the industry of cannabis. Business owners to growers, even artists you know of. So sit back and just roll up. Perfect show for my smokers. True buzz. Hey. Hey everybody, welcome to the True Buds Show podcast. I'm pumped up for this one. We got Garrett from Hit Kit today. I was blown away when I saw this and I've been using it, Garrett, dude, all the time, man. Keep it in my pocket. I go on hikes. Um, nice just to have it. I went out last night for some dinner, had it in my pocket afterwards, lit one up, man. So you're killing it with the Hit Kit game, man. And uh, thanks for coming on today. Dude, I appreciate it. And by the way, I just saw what you had in your hand and I can tell you that's already outdated technology. That uh, piece of plastic there is all 3D printed. Since then, I have made the technological jump to injection molded parts. Okay. So um, I need to send you some, get you, get you high tech, you know? Nice, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Because, yeah, whenever I've showed it to people, the orders we've gotten through the website, everybody's enjoyed it so far. So, yeah, I'm excited to see. And that's awesome that you're always innovating, man. Um, and I may, I think maybe that's a good way to start out kind of like, what was your initial idea with hit kit? How did it start? And, um, I imagine there's some, some cool stories there. Let's see, I guess to start with hit kit, I got to go back before hit kit. Um, this really isn't my first venture into making, um, devices, things for the cannabis space. Back in 2015, I started a mason jar bong company called glass lung pipes and um the bong i have with me right here actually i designed this one after glass lung well i'll have to get into that story in a minute but um but i guess how glass lung got going back in the day so i've, I've got an engineering background um as soon as i got out of school i wanted to go somewhere far away from home just for the sake of adventure and I found my way to a manufacturer of polyester resin with a plant in Paris, California. So I moved out to Moreno Valley. Um, every day I'd go to work. They had like this big gate saying like, warning, go beyond this point. You're going to get cancer. So um, I just kind of always joked that I was going to either get cancer superpowers one or the other like all the superhero <laughs> movies were big at the time but um i'm working there i enjoyed the job it was cool but at a certain point you have to think like all right what's my future in this company like where do i want to go from here um and while i liked my current position like everything above me just kind of seemed soul sucking and um the guy in fact that i was like directly under my manager he was basically like my personality, um, but older and I could see that they had sucked the soul out of him in many ways. And I was like, God, I don't want that to be me. So, um, around this time, like I just moved to California. Um, my upbringing, I'm from Georgia, the South, um, attended like a Christian school from like third to 12th grade. So like the don't do drugs thing was like very much ingrained in me. I didn't really know much about cannabis, marijuana, any of that. I just kind of like lumped it in as drugs. I mean, it's, it's ignorant to say that, but I mean, that's kind of how it was. But um, when I got to California, it was just kind of like a win in Rome sort of thing. And um, 
I ended up developing a liking for cannabis. Um, this is kind of funny. I was dating a girl at the time and she, like I wanted to share that, like I had this new discovery, this enthusiasm. I wanted to share it with her, right? And um, but she didn't want to smoke because it like her, hurt her lungs, made her cough. So I'm like, well, I think I've heard about something called a bong. I think that can do something with that. I don't know how it works or anything, but let me go into the smoke shop. That's like a minute from where I live and see what they got. And I walked in there and that's kind of like when I started to understand like what a bong was, how it worked. I was like, you want me to pay $80 for this? Like, I think I can make something on my own. So um, at this point, I'm about 24 years old. I uh, go home and I start making the classic Gatorade bong and all that. Uh, not too long after that, I discover on Reddit, there's like a subreddit called Stoner Engineering. And so I start like kind of getting more inspiration for other ideas and the quality of my craft increases. And eventually I'm posting there and I made this crazy gravity bong. I took a, one of those large Kraken rum bottles, rum bottles, I found a way to cut off the bottom. I put, um, went to the local Petco. I found like a SpongeBob SquarePants pineapple. Um, I put it inside it. So basically I had this giant, I had like fake uh, rocks at the bottom. Basically I replicated SpongeBob's house <laughs> in a Kraken bottle and made it into a gravity bong. And I posted this online and people, this was like, it surprised me. People were saying like, um, people were saying like, I'd pay money for this. And so I started doing the math and I was like, man, if I didn't just make something like this and sell seven or eight a day, like I'm making as much as I am at my engineering job. Like I might have another path here. Maybe I need to explore this. So for the next year and a half, like as a secret side hustle, like my double life, I'm working on this bond company. And, um, soon after I'm trying to think about like, um, what I can make and mason jars just kind of became like the perfect thing because like I think um bongs are best when they're glass in large part because like the visual you can see the smoke inside um so mason jars got that covered also you break a mason jar it's like easy to screw on another one but I had this realization that I can just build everything into the lid attach a mason jar and you got a cheap durable bong um classic mason jar look like this design has stood the test of time and um last long pipes just kind of came about and it did after a year and a half of like secret labor it did become my full-time job um i left california then because cost of living is kind of high but i went up to reno nevada on the snowboard i was like i've got an internet-based business i can live anywhere this looks like a good place for adventure um from there, I lived in Reno for about two years, but I didn't really know anyone there when I moved there. And like Reno's got this time of the year when um, the mountains are covered with snow, so you can't really hike them. But um, at the same time, like the ski slopes are closed. So it's just kind of like this awkward time in spring where there's not as much to do outside. Maybe there is, maybe I just wasn't creative enough to find it, but um. In any case, I got kind of depressed and I was like, I need to just step back. And I gave the business to a friend of mine out there. Um, he ran it for the next couple of years. 
I moved back to Georgia. Um, my family's got a business out here selling and repairing tow trucks. So I was like, you know what? I've avoided this my whole life. Maybe I need to give this a shake actually. But um, in any case, HitKit came about um, probably about a year or so after that. I just kind of needed a way to scratch that creative itch. I already knew a lot about um, making products for the cannabis industry. I guess Glass Alone kind of made it into a specialty of mine. Um, I didn't want to just do the same old thing again, and I didn't want to compete against my old business because, I mean, my friend was running it. I mean, I was kind of supporting him in the background. But, um, yeah, I guess to summarize what HitKit is, whereas before I was doing bongs, now I'm kind of dedicated to joints. So ways to transport joints, blunts, whatever you want to smoke, rollable things, and a lighter, have it all in one place. Um, and just, I, I try to build like some clever functionality into everything. Um, like I'm, I'm making gadgets and I, I think like all people who, step, who smoke, stoners, whatnot, they appreciate a good gadget. So everything's kind of unique in a way. I got this one over here, kind of like a Swiss army knife, the way it unfolds. And there's like magnets that hold it together. Um, I mean, it, I, there's like a lot of ways to go. It's a very open-ended problem to solve. And, I just appreciate the design challenge. Started moving to stash boxes a little bit, but um, anyway, I guess that's the backstory. I've rambled on a bit. I uh, know I appreciate that background there, and I, yeah, I was checking out the stash boxes um today. Actually, went on your website. Um, I know we connected through Etsy, but we're just kind of checking that out. But yeah, man, I truly love the hit kit. But I think that's a, an amazing story too. Um the whole background there and how hit kit was developed, you know, like you're saying, it started before hit kit, the inspiration. So that's super cool, man. I um, you know what I put in here too, for the first time I've, um, I always put joints in here cause that's what it's made for, but I had a little, um, maybe I might, I had a little chill up, like a little one. Right. Oh, okay. So I slid this little thing. Sorry, my computer keeps blowing out, but it's a little one hitter and it slid right in perfectly. Um, and I, I haven't smoked like a little bat in a while, but I was like, oh, that's cool. To, so I had like two of my smaller joints and then a bat in there as well. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So I'm still finding like other functionality, even just getting it recently. <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting to me. Like you design it for one thing and then people discover other ways it can be used. Like I didn't think of that, but that's a good idea. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I have it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, how do you put the, is the engraving just like, um, is that like etched in there through uh, one of your machines or how does that work? Yeah. Just curious. So all these hit kit products, they're made in a spare bedroom. Um, you can see the 3D printers behind me, but the machine that does that, I have a CNC laser and it's not in frame right now, but it's kind of over there by the window. But um, basically it can cut and engrave plywood. <clears throat> so um, what I like about that, like I think just 3D printed products alone or kind of not aesthetically pleasing, but like when you can add wood to a product, when you can do custom engravings, like, I mean, the art potential is endless there. So I think um, a big part of like HitKit success thus far is that I've been able to kind of do that mixed media sort of deal. Some um, of those designs, like I'm yeah. oh, sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, to your point, some of those designs I was looking at when I initially saw HitKit, I was like, wow, like there was some cool looking art on there. Um, so it's cool how like you could get really intricate on the front and make it make it your own. Oh, yeah. Thank you. In fact, yeah. um, coming up, 
So, um, recent idea. This hasn't launched yet, so y'all are hearing it first. Nice. But um, in addition to my soft designs, I want to start working with artists and have like limited edition things. I don't know if you can read this well. It says like limited edition. This one says zero zero out of thirty. Yeah, yeah. But um, but just kind of to take advantage of that machines available to make art, I can be like, go go to some go to an artist and say like, hey, uh, let's let's make something exclusive to hit kit, put it on a hit kit, and then um, only make thirty of them ever. And um, it. yeah, I don't know. It's just I'm just trying to get creative. I think that'll be a good way to make it a little more special, get it out there, um, make a product people can connect with and value totally yeah i love that idea a lot you know i i had these um cannabis company one of my favorites out here source cannabis they do super quality cannabis um but they every year they've released like a it looks like a book and they do the same thing one out of 500 but they give it to their employees usually i was i was honored to get one um but it was kind of that cool concept i still have it i'm holding on to it or else if it didn't have that kind of maybe that limited number to it, you know, whatever number I got out of the 500, maybe I wouldn't still be holding it, but it kind of added that little extra piece for me. Like, Oh, I I'm one out of the 500, you know, or like one out of the 30. It just adds that cool appeal. I feel like too. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and these artists, like they have their own fans, their own following. So it's kind of like, uh, it, it's like when you, when you buy it, it's like, like the artist is getting a good cut too. So it's like, like I'm supporting my, favorite Instagram artists work. So, and, and like a lot of these people posting their art on Instagram, I mean, they're not big corporations or anything. So it's like a way for me to work with like individuals. Like I feel like HitKit, my company, it's just me. I'm a little guy. So I mean, it's kind of a grassroots little thing. Work with uh, people in a similar boat. That's what it's all rising about. Rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And if if you don't mind me asking, you know, just just curious, where where do you think like on all the platforms and everything you're on, like what what has maybe given you some of the best traction you've gotten with HitKit or kind of gotten you out there the most? Or you know, I'm just always curious to learn. I'm especially like you're saying, it's kind of you're running the ship, so I'm just curious to see what's worked um well for you um in the process. I've got a love hate relationship with Etsy. Um, up until recently, it was mostly love. <laughs> But um, basically, as soon as I started putting my products there, it started taking off. But um, I've got one design in particular. It's the OG Hit Kit. And there's no real work on my end. It's all injection molded. It is a mass producible thing. But um, I guess it's kind of going to kind of just share one of the challenges of manufacturing. Um, long story short, China ripped off my idea. And within the, the past few months um i saw other people posting my products on etsy and then um in the, in the past couple of weeks um i don't know if these other sellers like reported my product but um etsy took down my listing and then the people selling the knockoff are still there so um i've been looking for ways to kind of diversify and not depend on Etsy because clearly um, there's no just rule of law there. But um, Instagram's been a big one. Um, I recently bought some ad space with Leafly, but I'm about a week into that. So it's kind of too soon to tell either way. Um, 
been trying to put my stuff on Amazon, eBay, just basically the big selling platforms. I feel like there's a lot of potential to be had with TikTok, but I think I'm too old to understand that. So I haven't really delved into that. I know if you advertise there, your products, you got to kind of be creative. Like, can you do anything like that remotely hints? Well, no. if it's like too, too we like, they're going to give you the boot. But I saw someone on there getting like fruit roll-ups and nerds and like making little joints with that. And so, I mean, that, that might be ha- uh, something I need to explore later. But yeah, anyway, long story short, uh, as far as social media goes, Instagram's been the big one. Um, I kind of feel like the age demographic I'm trying to sell to, that's kind of like, I'm, I'm 33. So I think like plus or minus five, six, seven years of that, that's going to be like most of my customers anyway. So, um, like Instagram's where those people are at, you know, people older than that are on Facebook, people younger than that seem to be on, uh, on TikTok. But as far as like. Yeah, I like Instagram. That's what I'm doing. That's what I know. <laughs> I, I I get it too, and that's kind of crazy too about the um, Etsy situation. And you know, I'll probably clip this part out because I feel like that's something cool too that you have that nobody coming in who's kind of copying your stuff has is your story that we've you know been talking about already, and the fact that you're kind of it is your business, it's your baby, and I feel like you know with that message out there. I would definitely rather purchase from you than some, you know, somebody who's kind of copying you, some copycat, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I think I, I, I want to clip that out. I, I feel like that's something cool too, um, you know, to bring up probably as more people, you know, I imagine that people are going to try to copy everything you do. This hit kit's really dope, you know? Um, just that story is cool that you have and nobody else can take that from you. So just giving you extra props on that. Hey, keep it in. In fact, this is kind of funny. Um, when I saw the copycats were kind of gaining traction and stealing a lot of my sales, I was like, I'm going to pull the rug out from under them. I'm just going to sell these basically at cost. And uh, like if they're, if I can't have it, they can't have it. And shortly after I did that, I think that's when they reported me. And they said like, I think Etsy's got some rule that they never enforce, very selectively enforce, but about like, handmade products and this one is clearly not handmade it's mass-produced injection molded but um that's the reason that etsy gave me as to why mine got banned but um but yeah i was i was trying to fight back by uh, undercutting them (laughs) (laughs) i've still got this item for very cheap on my website so i mean not only are you supporting me by getting it there, but um, you're getting a better price than anywhere. I'm not making anything on those. I'm just doing this out of spite at this point. <laughs> so my spite is everyone else's gain. <laughs> hey, I love it. I'm going to be hopping on after this uh, Zoom. Yeah, the, this is funny. <laughs> that product on the website says the price is $6.90. And it's crossed out sale for 20 Nice. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I went to Elon Musk's uh, school of pricing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, I I love what you're doing, dude. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It's it's really interesting to see that. Um, that that's a crazy thing about the cannabis space as a whole, too. That I've you know just making content have had to deal with, and I always say like that's the beauty of it to me is the force creativity in a lot of ways in cannabis you can't do a lot of the typical things so it's forced a lot of the cannabis industry to be creative but like when i'm looking at the hit kit when i first saw it too i i could 
I think like, you know, I could see this being on like the POS display at dispensaries, like a little add on, like customize. I feel like there's so many cool things you can do. Then, you know, you obviously made one for autumn brands when they're selling online. Like, I just think there's so much value, like you're saying with the customization aspect with it, apart from the utility, that's super dope. Yeah, that was part of the incentive to get that laser in the first place, because I was thinking about brands down the road. And um, honestly, like for a small scale business, just like one person, it's kind of like, how can I find force multipliers like that? Like I've, if I'm going to be able to um, get in a smoke shop or something, like they're not going to be as interested if I can't put their branding on it. So um, yeah, that, that, that laser's big. Um. Well, it's funny because I, um, my little brother and I, we had a motorized bicycle business when we were in high school. And on our gas tanks, my, um, my brother-in-law had an engraving business. Um, so on our gas tanks, he was so cool. He took us up five bucks to a really nice custom engraving, but we would do JRW motorize engraved on it. We put our contact on there, but it felt like us at that time was a cool separator because like other people weren't kind of engraving the gas tanks like that. So it was just a nice little add on. That's probably part of why I'm so uh, in love with it too. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And um, one thing I learned um, from that resin job I had, part of my job was to go to, I was like basically a professional troubleshooter. Um, they'd send me to people's factories when their factories were, when the resin wasn't working right, I'd have to try to figure it out. So I got to see the inner workings of tub and shower manufacturers, boat manufacturers, countertops, a lot of stuff. And what I discovered, the kind of realization I had was like behind, like every company, they got like this public face, like this big logo, looks professional. But, um, and you, you kind of, m most people, they kind of see that and it just kind of stops there. And it kind of adds to that air professionability, right? You don't see the messiness behind the scenes and every company's got some degree of messiness but um when it comes to like branding and stuff I feel like if i can put like a nice pretty logo on it like with an engraving nobody knows i'm doing this in a spare bedroom um <laughs> i don't know if that's good or bad but i mean it's just kind of like like it, it just kind of cracks me up every time i get an email and people are just kind of like using like like y'all or like you all like plural stuff like damn like they think this is a big company like <laughs> i must be doing something right if i got them fooled hey you de you definitely are man and you know i i love the fact that you're like so honest and transparent with everything i think that's part of the beauty of the brand too is that like we're saying that whole you know the backstory of it that nobody can ever take you know there's people that m maybe would be in your situation big oh i do have you know a big group of, you know, maybe make it up. I do have a group of an employees or something. So I, I have respect because I'm kind of the same way right now with what I do with true buds. And that's kind of, that's part of, and I feel like that's relatable to people, especially, you know, that, and that's why I was excited to have you on. Cause I'm sure people listening or watching this are interested in maybe making something, doing a side hustle, some type of business. And that's what I'm huge on. I guess is like, all it really takes is just like, doing it and my big thing lately is like I have good ideas but a lot of them I don't act on so my thing is just like I have this idea I'm working on right now I'm just like act on it go as fast as possible put more like dates in line make it happen because I've had so many ideas and they just kind of oh that's cool and you don't act on it so um props to you for you know you know keeping it up after the bong business man it could have been easy to be like oh shit man you know whatever but you kept you kept doing it and now you got hit kit so that's awesome man I needed it it's fun 
But um, yeah, I think the secret to everything, the thing that most people lack is that ability to take action. You don't need to ask anybody's permission to start a company, just dive in and do it. And if people like it, they'll buy it. If not, they'll move on. And you know, if they're not buying it, that just means maybe you need to tweak something. Maybe you need to just keep doing what you're doing until they like, I don't know. It's, but um, like if the passion's there, if you believe in what you're doing, it's just a matter of time. And um, also it's like, once you get started acting on it, it's like you're refining your craft, you're getting better. Um, it might not be the best product ever initially, but if you've been working at it for like six months, a year, um, you're gonna get pretty darn good at whatever you're trying to do. But um, some of my, I think about like my early Bond prototypes, good God. Um, <laughs> I came a long way with that. <laughs> yeah. You're bringing me back to some of the fun ones I'd make, but it didn't look as cool. It looked like you had like a lighter, a lighter built into the side of okay. the bong or something too. I'm going to give you the tour. So yeah, this let's one, do I currently have it for sale on eBay because eBay doesn't uh, seem to mind that sort of thing. If I were to put this on Etsy, um, they'd take it down. If I were to have it on my Shopify store. Uh, the payment processor would probably eventually find out and take down my whole site. So this is an eBay exclusive. It's the only place you're going to find it. Um, this one also, I designed it after. Um, so my friend who took glass long, it's kind of going, uh, he ran it well for a couple of years, but I mean, in fact, um, that first year of COVID was the best year ever for him, me, anything in that business. But um, anyway, that's kind of his story, but it's not, he, he's kind of moved on to other things. So this design for, I kind of designed it for glass long, but glass long never really got it because it went away. So it was kind of weird. It's like, I have my favorite bong design I ever made. And for a couple of years, I was the only one who had it, who knew about it or anything. That's crazy. I think only a few people have found it on eBay, but the obvious features, I'm just kind of ruminating, but um, we've got a place in the mouthpiece for the lighter. So it kind of sits flush. It's like a little That's parking sick. spot. That's, That's essential. And I don't know how well you can see through the jar, but I've got a very unique star-shaped percolator. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that before. And um, two good things about this. Um, one, that star shape kind of, provides me like a lot of surface area that I can put percolation holes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think this one's got uh, 60 percolation holes. And the other part can't see it, but the percolator is open on the bottom. So as you're smoking, ash will eventually kind of fall into the bong, get caught in the percolator and clog the holes, but not in this one. Because on this one, the bottom is open. So it just falls straight through to the bottom of the bong I think this thing is uncloggable. I've never seen anyone make anything like it. Um, maybe somebody will steal this idea someday, but <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite bong that I've ever made. It's, uh, it's my daily driver. I, I, I fucking Let's love see. it, dude. I love, it and good. when you show me the bottom there, my, my thought was like a starfish. Reminds me of like a starfish yeah. percolator. So it is like a star. And so when I try to come up with a name for it, I try to put like little puns into everything. I call it the soul pipe, S-O-L. And that's like, is that Latin? I think it's the Latin word for sun. 
sun is like star. And I kind of feel like soul, you throw you in that word, S-O-U-L. I mean, that's kind of got some metaphysical ramifications to it. So yeah, this is the soul pipe. And it. um, it's named based on that star. And, but, uh, uh, and how much is that on you? I'll, after you take your rip there, how much is that on, or before, how much is the, uh, is that on eBay? Uh, this one, I think it's about $30 plus shipping. Word. I think shipping's about eight bucks. So $38, this can be yours. I love it, dude. I like the look of the actual bull piece too. It has like a, that matte, like that, um, finish to it. Is that like, um, painted on there? What, or is it just like a black and the, dude, the mace, I'm feeling the mason jar idea too. Cause you can just replace those, throw it in the yeah. dishwasher, fucking it's, it's smart. Move, Simple, man. easy, classic. Um, so this bowl, I did not design it. I don't know if you ever heard of these, but, um, I'm totally going to plug somebody else's products right now. I think it's their website is Bowls Official. That's B-O-W-L-Z. But this thing's got a lot of function in that it breaks apart. It's got magnets. Yeah. I've never seen that together. shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, you can clean it so easy. Um, not only that, but because it's not glass, it's, I think it's like aircraft-grade aluminum. It's unbreakable, will last you a lifetime. Um, very fine work to those guys. I'll applaud them. Um, hey man, was, I, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting you to pull it in half like that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no going back. I think right. this is version one. I think they've moved on to like version three by now. So but this one is. Have you good. ever, um, I had them on the podcast a w couple of years back. Have you ever seen or heard of those Vapor Brothers box vapes? No, no. Tell me. Um, they, they created, I smoked it back in Kansas city. It was like the first vape I smoked. It's like a wooden box. It has the whip on it, but they basically were the ones that pioneered. I don't know if you've seen them kind of that wooden vape box look. Um, oh, I'll, I'll send you the pot. Similar? After. There's Sorry. been a lot, there's been a lot of like people kind of knocking them off for a lot of years, but they've stayed pretty true to their original, um, design. But I, I pictured, um, and they, their, their story is super cool too. They just kind of did the same thing. Like, we're just going to make what we like. They're like, we want to make a vaporizer that hits like you're smoking a joint or something or a bong. And they, they ended up making it. And then the, what gave him some cool traction is Woody Harrelson, I think, was uh, one of the first like celebrities to hop on board with it. And that gave him a boost. But hmm. I just had a, so much respect. And the, your, your background story and, you know, of Hit Kit and everything reminds me of, you know, them. So I feel like that that's a cool one. I'll I'll send that over to you to check out too. But question for you: Is that similar to the Magic Flight launch box? Are you familiar with that one? Um, it sounds like probably is it is like a wooden box. It's kind of like I wish I had it next to me to show you. Um, yeah, it's like rectangular, uh, like a little box-like thing. Very simple vape. Like the battery sticks out the side. Just squeeze it. Um, I have one of those. I love that design. It's like simple but i say that like in the most complimentary way it's like no frills it's just um conduction heating of dry herb um and that wood just makes the thing a beauty but um yeah i guess for all i know though maybe it copied maybe they ripped off the people you're talking about i don't know yeah and see that's where i don't and that's where i don't i'm not too sure either 100 percent. so i don't i don't know either way i guess but I guess the cool thing is like you're doing and like showing this bong here that's on eBay and stuff is 
the, and people come in on Etsy and, you know, taking ideas is like, that's what I think about sometimes too. And I think the beauty of it, like I was saying earlier, is you have that story, but like, how does that work? Have you filed any patents or trademarks or anything or something I think school is just being the first mover, which I've done. Like when I was doing some research, it's like kind of, if you're the first mover and you can prove that you've like been selling this stuff, if it ever came to that point, you know, that's, that's a way to prove that basically you're the kind of the creator of it. But what's your opinion on trademarks, patenting and all that stuff? All right. So, um, I guess a couple of things, um, first layer defense, I try to be very transparent whenever I'm working on stuff, I post it to Instagram. And part of that is to share it, you know, people like it. But the other thing, it gives me a solid timestamp showing, proving without any doubt, like, hey, I was working on this. I made this on this date, this time. Um, but beyond that, I do that design that was ripped off, it is patent pending. Um, I have paid to get a patent made for that. But after the patent is filed, it takes between one and three years for the legal system to finalize everything and you get your protection. And um, up until the time that it's like officially filled and no longer patent pending, um, all you can do is basically try to scare people from stealing your stuff, saying like, hey, when this patent's through, um, you're, you're going to be sued for whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I'm, but I mean, it's honestly just like fear because I, it sounds cold, but I had to learn all this after I had my ideas stolen. But um, I, I, the way I look at it, though, I don't, I try not to think about that stuff too much. The way I see it is like, it, I think it's um, just kind of having a belief in yourself, like imitation is flattery, like rather than just being like fixated on that one design. I'm like, hell yeah, I can design something worthy of China copying. Like they can take all they want. I'm they, I'm still moving forward. Like by the time they, you know what's crazy about that design? Like probably about like a few months after I had it all done, I started thinking of improvements. So, I mean, in my mind, that design has been outdated for a long time and they stole my outdated design. So maybe someday I'll, um, release the 2.0 version and blow them out of the water. I mean, it's been done and in my head for a while. I just haven't had to, it's kind of expensive to have something injection molded, but um, I don't know. I just try to use that stuff, copycats, whatever, as fuel, just to, for further inspiration. And whoever, if, if you are a copycat or whatever, that tells me you're not a creative person. Like, I like to think that I can win on the uh economic battlefield of, i don't know I, I think that the bong's working but well you got that thought, edge kind of you're always in it always innovating man um man, i'm just fired up and, ah. and well there's and i have yeah and that's the thing and i think you're and I, i'm kind of pretty similar with what you're saying and I, I respect the way you're going about it because you could live in like you know fear and not want to put something out in, in the public because somebody might steal and then it'll just never really happen probably so like i feel like you just got to grind like you've been and building it up is commendable man and you know when you're talking about the like the resin factories it's interesting i spent a summer working in a flow molding factory hmm. and that was uh gave me a lot of cool insight man and just to like a lot of different things but i'd never seen stuff 
made like that from plastic pellets extruded from these machines. We are working on making these um, recyclable chairs and stuff. So I wasn't kind of on that side, but it was, it was just cool to see that whole process. It was definitely, and it was cool to see the company too. I was talking about them the other day. They used, they still sell them as like magazine cutter knives. When magazines, they got big doing that, chopping all the pages. And then they pivoted to doing this recyclable um, flow molding. And I was just talking to him. I think it was my brother. I was just giving him props for being kind of ahead of the game. Cause if they didn't do that, their company could be dead from chopping magazines. Yeah. I guess no matter what you make, like, yeah, I feel like if you're the first person to make something, cause everything you make is to solve a particular problem. Right. And I guess like the real innovator is the first one to identify the problem. Like, like everyone's had this problem and, but no one's thought to do anything about it. But once I put a product out there to try to solve that problem, then that's going to bring awareness to the problem and other people are going to start looking at it and they're going to be like, you know what, that's a good solution to it, but I think I have a better solution. And. So I guess kind of like that first mover advantage gives you a head start, but, um, but I mean, people can be doing this, like can be trying to solve this, the same problem for completely moral reasons. Like, I mean, like basically what I'm getting at, if you're successful, it's because you've found an important problem that needs to be solved. And once you do that competition's going to arise because it's a real problem. Um, yeah. Hey, this is crazy. eBay just said I sold one of those soul pipes. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh hey. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't live, is it? No, no, no. I haven't sold one of those in like a couple of weeks. Damn. Synchronicity right there, man. That's awesome. Yeah, man. You put it out in the universe. I think I just had to say its name three times out loud. And <laughs> voila. Hey, for real, man. <laughs> for real. And yeah, that, that was a super dope design. I, I really like how the lighter clipped in the edge there. Dude, and, I'll hook you up. I'll send you one. Uh, yeah, man, please do. And that's why I want to figure out ways um, that popped in my head of something you were saying earlier is like um, I was doing for Autumn Brands, actually going to farmers markets and doing these kind of swap meet like in-person shows. I mean, I think one of those, I don't know if you've ever done anything like that for your product, but I honestly think going to some of these like pop-ups like that, like in-person could be pretty cool. Like, and maybe we could work on that down the road. I'll be like, dude, let me, uh, send me some products. I'll just hit up one of these LA markets and see what, see what we can hustle, but I'm down to help, help out and get your product out there any way that I can. Um, because you've been supported, you've been supportive over here, man. And I want to get some customs, um, too, for true buds. I want to do some custom ones, maybe oh, yeah. sell them on the site or something, but I'm all, I'm all just trying to think about ways we can keep collabing. Dude, I'll, let's do it. I'll sign me up for all the above. Um, man, one of the things I miss about being out West is like the whole cannabis scene, like in Georgia, there's some stuff going on, but it's like a little more underground, sometimes kind of sketchy, but, um, I feel like, um, man, I, I, I did one here. I've done one event in person and it was fine. But, um, like, I don't know, this, maybe this is just me being scared, but like some of the stuff out here, it's like, everything's a secret location. And, um, then they like email you where it is. Um, but, um, I don't know. That just kind of seems a little sketchy to me. Yeah. I've done like, I kind of, yeah. I'm sorry, Doc. Like, I feel I like I'm say. taking a risk. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's I've done a couple of those out here, and it just seems a little, even though it's all like legit or whatever, it's still a little weird. 
but I feel like, dude, when people see, like when I first saw the hit kit and there's one event in particular I've done, it's called strains and sounds. It's always a music kind of event. He has a lot of vendors there. Um, shout out SoCal Cannabar who puts it together, but like everybody has booths. I could see this being like the perfect concert companion or like, like I said, I'd do it on hikes, but I could see this fucking slinging at some of these like little uh, events, man. I mean, I say little, this one has like 500 people usually, but um, I think there's some cool ways that we can, uh, you know, that I can maybe help get a hit kit out here in uh, LA. I'm just kind of thinking out loud, but like um, the whole custom engraving aspect, like any vendor who wants to sell these, they can have their own exclusive art. Like they provide the art to all take care of it from there. So, I mean, even if there's like multiple vendors at a place selling these, like they all have their own exclusive art. They really have unique products and, they can be branded unique to their brand. Yeah, so, I think I mean, the I new think... drop thing too, I think could be really cool, especially for a company like, oh, we just dropped our new infused pre-rolls or something like mm. that. Getting the hit kit comes with it. Um, kind of like what we were doing with the smokers bundle. Hey, the smoker, the hit kits included, you get three ace and three of our grand pre-rolls. Um, I think there's some really cool ways um, to, to get after it, but I just, um, as you can tell, dude, I'm feeling your product, bro. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I gotta send you, I gotta send you the soul pipe and I gotta send you the latest versions of the Swiss kit and the flamethrower. Um, these turned out nice. These were like seven months in the making. I wanna say, yeah, I started them. Yeah, basically from the time I contacted the mold company saying, like, hey, I wanna make this seven months until the release. So um in fact, like the whole time, like leading up during that seven months, I keep making this 3D printed model, the printers behind me, and I'm mailing them out to people, including the ones you got, Autumn Brands. And I'm just thinking like, man, I wish the injection molded version was was ready. Like, I wish I could tell them about this awesome one that's about to come. I hope they like the 3D printed version because it's like, in my mind, it's already not my best product anymore. Like my best product is really in development and but like during that kind of limbo state, I'm like, man, I hope, hope this isn't costing me, but I gotta, I can't not sell anything. <laughs> hey man, I, 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 I'm, I'm loving it. The, the model that you gave me. So I'm excited to see the new ones, but you know, it's solid, but like props to you again, man, for always thinking about that and being innovative, like, you know, always, always growing it. And that's where too, I've, we, we have these, even our little joints, I'll put like three of these little point three joints in one of the thing. I, and I told you, I, sh I put the little chill them in there. I'm, I'm still playing with it, man. And having fun with, uh, with the hit kit, but yeah, everybody I've given it to the, the reactions are always really positive. Like, Holy shit. What is it? Oh, you can light it too. Like when I light it for people like, <laughs> Oh shit. Like what's that? That that's kind of the showstopper. I think is the built-in light. Yeah. This is kind of funny, but, um, that's stupid too. So like, I think my, top to the flamethrower the one you're talking about is the best seller it's like the audience favorite but um my favorite is the swiss kit and anytime i show them to two people like to someone who's never seen either i show them both and i'm secretly hoping that they like prefer the swiss kit but they're always clearly more impressed at the one with the lighter inside the flamethrower and so it's like i'm yeah i'm glad they like it but i'm like damn that's not the one they're supposed to like <laughs> Um, hey, I, I haven't had the Swiss kit in my hand, but you know what I am a sucker for though? I was telling my buddy again, I'm for the magnet component. I love that. I, I got the stash tray, this Meister stash tray is super cool. Mm. Everything's magnetic. You can move the jars and everything on there. 
I'm just a huge fan of magnets. I think there's so many, like I I'm want to do like a little thing, even on my nightstand with like a little magnet strip, put my phone on there, keys on there. I don't, I, I'm going off of magnets, but I'm just a magnet. Dude, let's talk about magnets. You remember that insane clown posse song? Um, I'm not, I don't not. No one should know their music, but they had that one, I think it's called miracles kind of dating myself, but, um, and they had a line that said like fucking magnets. How do they work? And I remember they got like so much media attention from that because everyone's like, dude, they're retarded. They don't know how magnets work. Like, look how dumb and St. Cloud Posse is. But, um, but you know what? They are right. I think St. Cloud Posse is right about magnets. They are miracles. And all these people who are criticizing them, they don't know how magnets work either. They're pretending like they... Like they know how magnets work. I don't think anyone knows how magnets work. Like the physics can only explain so far. But um, man, yeah, magnets are special. And if you can't see that, then you're just missing out. It's... Yeah, uh, that's well said. That's well said. Because yeah, I don't, I don't really know how they work. I just know that I'm like, love the functionality of them. They're so. So satisfying cool. yeah yeah there's something about like clipping something to a magnet yeah, this feels good it's interaction it's kind of it's not exactly touching you but it's kind of pulling you along it's it's like you're having an experience with like an unseeable force you know that is trying to help you out with whatever you're trying to do yeah because yeah, so, yeah um, you can I, feel it yeah that's true yeah I do like making things with magnets in them, but sometimes I have to avoid it because you got to glue them in each time. But um, yeah, uh -huh. but it, anytime you can like work a magnet into a design in a clever way, like you you got it. That's so. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I, I was I think thinking. I, I'm like, why don't we see more magnet stuff in general? Dude, I magnet feel like awareness, <laughs> magnet appreciation day. We need to inspire the next generation to make more things with magnets. If I was, if, when I'm elected president, I pledge to make magnets great again. Let's go. You got my vote. vote you got my me. vote. I'm at the, I'm at the, I'm at the poll right now. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like you got like the Northern Lights behind you. Like your, like, uh, yeah, I got purple. I got this like curtain behind me and then I just have like, uh, I got these like, yeah, these little background lights, which have been great because I used to use like other style lights and I have my sign put away and stuff like I'm, I'm in this transitional phase, but, you know, trying to, trying to make it look cool if I can, but, you know, your background, cool. your background's doper. I can see some 3D printing and kind of your, what you do there, so. Yours has like a sci-fi, like alien planet kind of vibe, like. <laughs> Like, I don't know, from like some Marvel movie or something, like the lights, like shooting up alien sun. I made multiple suns back there. Hey, thank you. Yeah, you know, when I flipped it on, this I think this is the second or third time <laughs> I've kind of done this setup. It reminded me of the um, Aurora Borealis. I'm like, am I in Alaska right now? Yeah. <laughs> Embrace it. But I'm, dude, with magnets too, man, um, my girlfriend makes fun of me, but I'm like, I've always had this weird obsession with like light and light bulbs. And just like old school looking light. And maybe it's because I like film and stuff and always kind of chasing light in that way. But I, I don't know. I've always had this like love for lights, weird light bulbs, lamps. I'm like, why, 
weird. I don't know why, but I just like them. Like I buy, and I'll buy them. I'm like, I want to buy this. I'll buy like an old school lamp, you know, with the light in there. So I need to figure out how to do something with that. But it's a little. Wasn't that was it Anchorman where he says like I love lamp? <laughs> do, you, do you relate to that guy? Or, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that lie, but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go for I'll uh, I'll agree with it. <laughs> no, the lamps are pretty great. Like I feel like a lot of the best things are the things that people take for granted. And I mean, there was a time before we had lamps and I don't know what they did back then, but um, life was probably a little different. Lamps are one of those designs that uh, has stood the test of time. You know, I don't think we're going to get rid of them anytime soon either. Which really is crazy. Like I was listening to something about, you know, just the sheer amount of uh, inventions that Edison made. And it's like, that guy was speaking of inventions and shit. That guy was just insane. Like you just like sleeping in his, you know, quarters or whatever, and just cranking out whatever, how many, like, I don't know. It's, it's ins- what I think about is like, how, how is there since this time not been like another one? I guess they've been such pivotal inventions. It'd be hard to make something as like, it's almost hard to replicate something as important as light. I don't know. Hmm. Cause I, that's what I was saying. Like- why is there nobody that's got on it? been on edison's level since him of like just sheer number of maybe there is and i just don't know but i think um back then there was like a lot more low-hanging fruit instead of um in terms of like things that could be designed but um like nowadays it's kind of like all the simple like back then you could be like a generalist designer and go like any which way but now like on the the frontiers are are like kind of technological society it's like one person can't know any everything like you got to be hyper specialized like there are certain problems out there where there might only be like a dozen people on the planet who even understand it let alone who are capable of solving it but um like um like when i was doing that resin job like i would kind of sit back and think i'd be like damn like how many people on the planet even know what polyester resin is like (laughs) so i mean if i stayed in that field it's like i guess the only i'd become like hyper specialized in resin and maybe if i was lucky i'd be able to contribute there but this is kind of interesting that manager guy that i was working under he was telling me back and when he was young working there they were making like all these innovations left and right and whereas like when i was working there it's like how can we make this half a penny cheaper so i mean it's like all the low-hanging fruit got picked seems like to me like they got resin all figured out now so i mean i don't know when when there's no innovation to be had or very little or i don't know it kind of loses interest but um but yeah i think just kind of what i just said is kind of an example like all these other industries it's just all the easy stuff's been figured out um if you want to figure out something new now you gotta get like three phds and yeah (laughs) (laughs) well and you know what's your thought too um you know obviously you know doing injection molding the 3d printing so you're using technology with your process of like what's your thought though with ai in general and are you thinking of ways to use it in your process or how do you feel about it all right so um yeah ai is definitely a force multiplier. And if you're a business of one, you need to be collecting as many force multipliers as you can. And um, I have been using AI. If you look at my website, Etsy page, 
like the main product image for all of them has an AI generated background and um, they all look good. It kind of is the one you sent uniform. me for autumn brand. Sorry to interrupt. Was that AI uh, generated? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And actually, this is another thing I do. Um, anytime someone buys a custom piece from me, like they supply the art picture, whatever, um, I will take a picture of it when it's done, generate an AI background for it, and then send it to them as like saying like, Hey, so I got coming. Like the other day, someone made something, um, for his buddy's gym. I think it was like a gymnasium, like working out gym. Right. So I took a picture of it. I told AI to make it look like it was on like a bench press, uh, thing with like treadmills in the background. And I sent it to him. I was like, this is what it's going to look like in the gym. So, um, you can, so obviously like AI is good for like, there's like product pictures, but it, I don't think what people have fully realized yet is that like AI can be used to enhance customer relations in that way, kind of create some excitement about your products. I mean, it is kind of personal. Like I could just send you like a picture and they'd be like, you'd be like, Oh, that's cool. But if I'm, I send you something with like a AI generated background and it looks cool, or maybe it looks kind of shitty. It's funny. Like I the one, like the one you like sent better... well, yeah, to, sorry to your point, the one you sent me, I'm like, oh shit. I was like, Garrett's got a fucking whole studio too that he's shooting. <laughs> <it."> <laughs> I was like, he's got his film so studio like, to your point earlier. And that's where like, and I love what you said about the force multiplier. I haven't put it in that, you know, concise of words, but especially like you said, with being us like a solo operation, anything you can do. That's why I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I've used it for my video editing lately, writing some blogs, stuff like that. Um, yeah, dude, I, when you sent me that picture, I, I legit thought that you took that on a background with like a little, I thought maybe you had one of those photo boxes or something, you know? I do, but for that yeah, picture, that... it was on the desk that this, uh, my phone is on right now. Um, nothing fancy in the background. This... Yeah, man, so it's working, bro. It's working, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, um, I believe, you've ever heard that change benefits those who can adapt? You know, I don't um, know if I have. Anyway, I didn't make it up. But um, everyone talks about AI and how AI is going to AI is going to change everything. Blah blah blah. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. But like, the people who are going to make the most from it are going to be the first to embrace it. So, like, oh, it's going to be. You should like hear that and be like, oh, it's going to be important. It's going to be huge. Well, it's like, well, I better know that then. I better know how to work with it. It's going to be important. But I mean, if you're just kind of passively, just kind of like watching, saying like, oh, what's it going to do next? And you're not ever using it, engaging with it. Like you're gonna fall behind like then you become the boomer um the boomer mentality so yeah um I, the other day i was trying to look up ways to use it with um like social media instagram like just kind of seeing what's out there um the other thing like you mentioned blogs i haven't done this yet but i've been thinking about i hate to do this but like use AI generated blogs to improve the website's SEOs. So my products show up in Google search engines better. That's not, I don't know how it'll work, but it's an idea I've yet to try, but I've been thinking about. Well, that's what I've started to try to do because I love making videos. I'm just not a huge fan of writing blogs. So what I found is it's like al.write.ai or whatever, but I can take any of my old videos you know, that some of them I put a lot of love into, I just load up the link or the file, and then it kind of converts it into a nice article. So it's still like 
I like it a lot because it's so customized to what I made and I don't need to do any writing. I make a couple editable tweaks, but it's, it's just been a great, I've only done like 10 blogs from it, but I literally the other day, dude, in an hour, I'm like, let me see what I can do in an hour. I did like 10 blogs, but I already have Wait. the content. I did the hard work making the content, but, yeah. but it's been so you're telling me it basically just takes your video and like writes up like an article about it. Yeah. Oh man. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. It's, it's sick, bro. I've been loving that one. So I, I need to use it more, but like, that's exactly why I did it. I'm like, I have all this content basically just living on YouTube and it could Please. be deleted. YouTube's like intense. So I'm like, I just need to keep building my own shit up more. Please use that on this episode and send me the article. I want to see how yeah, it Okay. Does. Yeah. You're inspiring me. Yeah. I'll, I'll cut up or yeah, I'll do a, probably a nice clip. I'll do a couple clips from this. Usually I used to post them on my other channel. I've been kind of switching it up, but yeah. And then I use this short one too, but yeah, there's, and that's where every time I was telling my uh, brother again, I'm like, dude, whenever I go online and I actually put like even an hour in and looking for something to help me, I found it. It's kind of crazy. I'm like, oh, I found this blog thing. I found this video editing software. Like there's so much out there with it right now. Um, it's just kind of fascinating and exciting. And I see why, I see why people are worried about it in the creative fields. But like you said, you kind of adapt or you kind of die type deal. <laughs> My um, fiance's sister uses it heavily, like for all of her work emails, like she writes whatever she would want to send to um, whoever it is. And then she doesn't have to worry about this kind of so, so much time, like in corporate is like trying to write emails sensitively. So it's not like to hurt feelings and all that. But so she just writes it however she wants to puts it in AI and it polishes it up, makes it appropriate. And then she sends it. So, um, and the, here's the thing, she's been complimented on her like email writing and all that. It's like, they have no idea, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, um, it, whether or not you like it, it's here. So use it or get left behind, I guess I, I hate to put it that way, but yeah, it's gotta it's, keep up. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and like in. I love that we're kind of on the same page. I just make the like silent film metaphor and there's so many of them for other industry, you know, radio, whatever. But I, for some reason, just being a film guy, I just love the silent metaphor of like when talkies came around and people like, oh, that's never going to work. It's like, well, now that's all that's here. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, he said that about the internet. Um, was it Paul Kruger? Uh, some stock market analyst guy. He famously predicted that the internet would uh, be no more revolutionary than the fax machine. Um, he was uh, a little, little off there. So, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is it's like, who knows what it's going to become to. It's like right now we're just still trying to figure out what it can be used for, but probably far more than we can imagine um, potentially. Yeah. Well, and even like, dude, keep the one I see seeing your 3D printing behind you. I don't know how old those machines are, but when I first started seeing that or watching videos, and I guess that's kind of, I'm curious, what's kind of happening in that world? I know 3D printing is more and more prominent, but I feel like you don't hear as much about it as I would, you know, a couple of years ago. Like maybe yeah. it's because it was kind of a hype thing. It's still being used. Like what's going on there? Yeah, I guess kind of similar to AI, it was like touted as this thing that's going to change everything. And I guess it's kind of been a dud thus far. Like I know there's been like a lot of 3D printer manufacturers who just went out of business. And like honestly, like using them right now, it's not exactly layperson friendly. Like you got to be willing to take some time to get to know the machine and 
fix things when they inevitably break. So, I mean, I think that's kind of what's been, what's held it back thus far. But as far as the future goes, um, like, I, I guess in the immediate time, like if you're just trying to do like a small batch of something, um, injection molding is not exactly cost effective or small quantities, so it's good for that. Um, but, um, oh shoot. I think I just lost my thought for a second. Hang on. Hang well, on. I got this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I think in, I think in the future it's gonna have a, its day. Because like we saw like with COVID, like supply chain disruptions and how like everyone ran out of toilet paper. Um I think in times like that, like if you can just print whatever you need. Like maybe you can't print toilet paper. Maybe there's like, maybe the um, maybe the cell phone case manufacturer got blown up, and now we need cell phone cases, so we'll just print them. Like I don't know. You can like rapidly adapt and make things. I mean, it's flexible. Um, yeah, it's got its limitations though. Like there's some things that. Yeah, just I think like what, is better. Yeah, product. like. And like what you said too, I think is maybe for somebody like me who doesn't have an engineering background at all, like you're able to tweak the machines and adapt to them. Somebody like me, if I was trying to use those machines and something broke, I'd probably be like, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> when you I probably wonder, like, oh, this is how I fix it. Bam, done. <laughs> I wonder how many people have like had their printer break and then they just never touched it again. Probably been a few times, but um. Yeah, they say like some, I've like heard that like supposedly in the 2040s, like a lot of manufacturing is supposed to come back to the U.S. Some think tank people think, but um, I think when it does come back to the U.S., it's like, do we just make a bunch of injection molding stuff or do we just want to invest heavily into 3D printing technology? Because like the versatility of it is, is like a big asset um whereas like the mold making like it, every time you want to adjust something you have to make an entirely new mold whereas like the printing like i just adjust the file <clears throat> so yeah i think i guess in my little 3d printer fantasy more um manufacturing comes back to america and then america decides that in order to have a you know actually this is not going to happen this is all fantasy people are going to do the cheapest thing <laughs> Well, you know, um, when you're, yeah, with the cheapest thing too, I say it all the time in you know, the cannabis industry too, is that's what happens when there's certain, there's, there's like so much innovation, but then there's always like the race to the bottom element where it's like, people are just selling the same pre-rolls for, oh, we got to sell them cheaper. We got to make this cheaper. And then you lose some of that innovation and, you know, some of the products too, that I've seen have great innovation, maybe aren't showed enough love because they are more expensive. They are more premium, but like oh people just it's 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 easier to gravitate towards something that's maybe cheaper i don't know it's interesting to see the innovation happen but at the same time it, like it not i don't know if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah i see what you mean but i mean there's always going to be like a percentage of customers who just want the cheapest thing and so long as that's the case you know that the race to the bottom but it's never won it's like always like another fraction of a cent but um that's what like I'll say to people too, who, and I, and I get that too, like in the bar bartending for a long time showed me that 
I don't care how nice my whiskey was that I would offer somebody. Somebody just wants to come in and get their Jack and Coke. They've been drinking for 40 years, you know? So it's just, it's just funny too, like that, like finding that, I guess the market fit too, finding that right fit for your product is interesting. I guess it's kind of a cultural thing, really. Like, I guess it kind of like reflects like on our culture that that market is so big, just give me the cheapest thing. But I kind of feel like we see evidence of that stuff changing like um like i think about like with beer you know it used to just be like the the few big brands the national brands but now it's like craft beer is everywhere and and it's flourishing and like personally it's like i don't want just like a regular guinness or like budweiser or whatever like i want something like local to this town like it's and i don't think i'm the only one who feels like that and when I see like the flourishment of the craft breweries, I think maybe society's head, heading in that direction. Maybe, uh, maybe there's hope for all that. And I think you hit the nail on the head there with that. And I think that canvas kind of is like that right now and will become more like that. Like you're saying, I feel like a lot of people maybe don't know, or like maybe the average customer doesn't realize, Hey, this small batch strain was grown in a certain way. Just like, hey, this is a small match beer. It costs this much, but this is why. I feel like the education and awareness of why, why is this 80 bucks, $80 eighth, which, you know, I have a hard time spending anything like that, but it's like, why is this so expensive? It's like, oh, like learning a little more. This is why um, it, it's, just, it's just an interesting thing in the cannabis industry for me. Yeah, I guess if, no matter what it is in order to justify spending more on something, you got to have some understanding of why it's worth more. I guess it's all about, yeah, that perception of value. I guess like what I just said about craft breweries, I just said that because it's, um, I guess it is kind of how it is over here. Like we don't have all the cannabis dispensaries here, but I'd imagine like I saw like with autumn brands, like their dedication, to the cultivation of the most organic natural thing possible i'm like oh damn like i wish wish they had that when i was living out there like look i feel like i'm just missing out on the scene you know like i'm doing this cannabis thing from the south like from a distance like i'm really out of touch in a lot of ways and maybe that's my benefit in some ways but it's kind of like a disadvantage in others um fuck i'm out here on an island <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I, yeah i think it can be a pro and a, a con but I, I think like what you're doing is great though and i think that what do you or i guess what is going i don't keep enough track of georgia and legalities and stuff do you see it becoming is there anything like on ballots or anything happening in the near future or is it kind of just gonna be one of those things when it's across the nation federal that it might happen um so i don't really pay much attention to specific law stuff but um i know in terms of like people i know just like consider me boots on the ground like i, I came back from the West to this area. And every time I told anyone about like what I was doing, Bond Company, like even if they were old, only a single person I knew was like not okay with it. So like on the ground level, like everyone's for it, even the old people, like left, right, conservative, I don't care what your politics are, like every conservative person I know out here is for it. Um, I don't, I don't know who's opposed to it, frankly. Um, probably You're like, crazy, some crooked. Huh? yeah. So I can tell you, no, everyone here is for it. I don't know anyone against it. Um, but, um, so I just kind of assume the legality here is inevitable. 
But um, beyond that, as to what we do have, it's been kind of interesting, like the evolution of this. Like at first they were like CBD shops, right? And I think they were just selling like CBD derived from hemp extracts. And then they started getting the uh, CBD herb and now they're just like, C yeah. Um, and then from there they figured out Delta eight and then I think something else came along, but now it's like THCA. Like they keep finding like ways to get closer and closer and closer to what you have out West. Um, and um, anyway, at the point like the THCA, that's what I just smoked earlier. Um, I like it. Like, I mean, I would definitely prefer having like this the option of something like West Coast, nice grown. But I mean, it, to me, it basically feels like it's legal. I go to like the the little uh, CBD CBD store right by the grocery store, and I mean, it's just it feels like a dispensary. They don't have as big of a selection as out west, but I mean, it basically feels legal. Um, <laughs> That's the situation. That's why I don't pay attention to Walter that much. I mean, it, it's it's pretty good. I'll take that's, it. <laughs> I, I, well, that, that's good to hear. You know that the uh, all the different loopholes are interesting too. Like you're saying, I've been like diving in and geeking out with the dry weight loophole people are doing for Delta Nine. You could basically, you know, make a concentrate as long as it weighs point three percent or less of the edible. Um, so you can mm. still make a potent high from the Delta Nine. Um. All, all these all these crazy ways and I, all of it kind of stems back to the 2018 farm bill i think and just certain things that weren't addressed in there and yeah there's so much to it we're like this even rescheduling thing that might happen the pros and cons of that but um yeah i just like looking at it keeping keeping my eye out ear to the ground and i'm just seeing what's going on and but i i'm excited i'm gonna have to check out one of those stores next time i'm in georgia kind of check out some of that thca flower and see what's good yeah, it's um I've been pleasantly surprised. Um yeah, it, it works. I've let this remember when I, I lost my train of thought earlier. That is proof. That's the endorsement <laughs> right there. So so well, hey man, I, I appreciate you coming on today, bro. Um I think that, you know, kind of bring it to an end here. Um but yeah, I truly have the utmost respect, man, for what you're doing, what you've created, your ingenuity, and you know, just your genuineness. Um if that's even a word, uh, the way you're going about your business approach, I, I truly respect, man. So appreciate you and appreciate you hooking up the hit kits too, man. Thank you. Oh man. Um, it's been fun talking. Thanks for having me on. Um, I think it's cool that you're doing this. Yeah. Sweet background. And, um, just want to give a shout out to magnets. Hey, I think yeah, you're right hey, about yeah. that. Too. <laughs> hey, shout out magnets, man. And yeah, hopefully did we do a, let's, maybe try to connect and uh, we'll connect and see what we can do together and see how I I'll do some videos and stuff when you send that out. Um, but yeah, let's try to connect in maybe a couple months, do another episode and see how things are progressing with the new injection mold model. See what else you got going on. Oh, hell yeah. Sounds good. This cool. has been the first podcast I've done. Just like talking about this stuff. Um, I've been trying to do pod other podcasts lately, but I've just been talking about Neanderthals. So. And what's that maybe one called? I'll share that. Oh man, uh, what do you, do you talk about like interesting, like, uh, would this be something you'd want on your show? You want to know about Neanderthal predation theory? Yeah, let, let's do an episode. About it, it is the most interesting thing that nobody knows about. I don't know shit about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's good. Hey, that's episode two, dude. We'll start, we'll start with that.
<laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll be. I've already given the talk twice. I'm doing it a third time on Tuesday, so I'm getting good at it. I'm. I'm going to become the preeminent uh, expert of Neanderthal predation theory. Nice. That's my little, my little side thing. I know you're trying to wrap up, but quick thing. That's another thing I'm trying to do to get word out. Like a lot of conspiracy theorists, you know, they also have appreciation for cannabis. So I'm trying to become a master of Neanderthal predation theory so I can make the rounds on all these podcasts sharing it. And at the end, you know, let's plug hit here real quick. But it's kind of fun. My goal is to um, make the world know this theory. I love it, dude. And you know what popped in my mind? Uh, my buddy does a show called Highly Unlikely where he brings on comedians um, and they talk about highly unlikely facts. And it's super cool. I could see that being a cool episode maybe. Um, but I'm excited, man. So do you, so do you have your own podcast or you go on other podcasts where you're talking about it, you're saying? I don't have a podcast. I've just um, been trying to be the guest, you know. They're always nice. looking for someone to nice. talk about something new. The great thing about this talk, like if you listen to the conspiracy podcast, it's, you get kind of t tired of them. Like there's only so much politics you can get into. Like, all right, whatever, everyone's corrupt. But um, cool. Another time, okay. So, I mean... I've been like really getting into like the ancient history stuff. Oh man, it's fun to explore all that. I love that. But, um, school history. Anytime you can bring something new to the table, it's not like a rehash of the same old thing, like Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Big, Bigfoot. Like, you know, it's, it's refreshing. It, it's, it's fun to stumble upon that new idea that uh, you're like, holy crap, that is plausible. Anyway. You've, you've piqued <laughs> my interest, man. You've got me excited for the next talk. Yeah, my next appearance Tuesday, I'm going to be on the AI podcast that stands for Appalachian Intelligence. Okay, nice.